Thanks for listening to the podcast from Gary Combs and the preaching team at Eastgate Church in Wilson, North Carolina. Check us out on the web at eastgate.church for more. And now, here's the sermon. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. I am Adam. I'm filling in for Pastor Gary this week. If you don't know who I am, I'm not the normal pastor, so if I mess it up terribly, come back next week. He'll do it better. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to step up here and and to to deliver a message on this incredible Thanksgiving. Thank you for joining us in the gathering place, which is actually over here, but I have to point there because it's going through a camera, so it's a little disorienting for me. Thank you for anybody that's joining at home. We are through a live stream. Um, Thank you for any visitors we've got. I see a couple of new faces, so hopefully you're in for a roller coaster in a good way and you're not about to get sucker punched in a a way that you weren't expecting this morning, but just know that that I appreciate you all. I appreciate you all being here. And um, so this morning I kind of got this, like, I don't know if you've ever, like, any of you have the, um, like, the dream where you get to work and you forget to put pants on or whatever, like, whatever that dream is for the, the version of it that everybody has. This morning, before the first service, so I've got, like, all these notes and I've got a couple of Bibles here. And so at some point in time, I was talking to people and I sat them down and I was talking to people and I didn't notice that I'd sat them down. And then all of a sudden I just didn't have them in my hands. And, like, the tick, the time timer was ticking down and I was like... I don't have a Bible or any outline. I am not entirely sure what I'm supposed to do right now. So I said, God, uh, I really, really need you now because I don't even have uh, my notes. And then just as I prayed that, he showed me where my notes were. And so I appreciate that. But I also, since that, have not put any of them down because I'm definitely afraid of losing them. So now I have a new version of that nightmare that I will once again... um, Happy Thanksgiving. I bet you can't guess what this service is going to be about. Uh, I appreciate all you being here. Quick show of hands. Who ate enough food? Who had enough to eat? Who ate too much food? And who didn't get to eat quite as much food as they wanted to? I like that all three of them are hand upable for the same people. <laughs> So as we're talking about Thanksgiving, it's very easy for us to sort of get into um, uh, maybe a, I don't know, maybe a superficial Thanksgiving, like a superficial way of doing Thanksgiving where, um, you know, we, we kind of, I don't, I don't want to, maybe some of you are in a, in a weird spot. Holidays are always a weird, a weird spot because if you've ever lost anybody in your family, there's always that empty chair, like you always feel it in your heart. And so you kind of carry it with you. And so... If you've been around a while, you've probably lost somebody. You probably maybe lost a, cu- a couple of people, and so anytime it's like a family get together, it can be a little it can be a little hard too. Um, sometimes people are estranged from their families for whatever reason. They don't get along with their families, and maybe they do go to you know the family thing, but it's a weird it's a weird day, and they're just kind of waiting for it to be over. Or maybe maybe you're in a position where you don't even get together with your family anymore, and that can make it a hard day. I, I I'm coming into this. Thanksgiving with a, from a, I'm coming in from a weird angle. I don't know if any of you have met me, but I'm I I punch from from funky angles. Like I, I'm coming at it from a, a strange spot, because I I don't want it to be a superficial just just let's just pretend we're happy holiday. And so I, I was trying to think back through 2023. And so we've got on on loop on the news we've got the war between Russia and Ukraine still going. 
They're estimating that hundreds of thousands of people have died in that war. And, and like once a week, somebody says World War III. It's the beginning of World War III. And then not too long ago, Hamas and Israel went to war with each other. And everybody's terrified about what that's going to mean. And we have, in your, in your daily, if you're on social media, A, get off social media. But B, if you're on social media, we have like the, these, these, this ongoing barrage of messages that are tailor-made to divide us. They're tailor-made to separate us, to, to push you farther into one corner and push me farther into a different corner so that we can't talk to each other anymore. Fentanyl is running rampant now. That's, that's what we needed, another drug that'll kill people. And it's, it's, not even, it's, not, it's not a drug that people even know they're taking. That's the, the, like the, the kind of the, the angle it has that makes it maybe a little rougher. Is this just like an Adderall or whatever? Like it's just in like medicines that people just take that they maybe need to take. Continuing down the list, Lewiston, Maine, there was a mass shooting, killed 18 people. Allen, Texas, nine people. Covenant Christian School in Nashville, Tennessee, three teachers, three students. Rob Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, two teachers, 19 kids. Maybe you've lost somebody personally recently. Maybe this is the first Thanksgiving without a mom or a dad or a brother or a sister or a son or a daughter. Prices are out of control. Inflation's the highest it's been in 40 years. Gas prices are up. Food prices are up. Y'all feeling thankful yet? But that's what I want to bring all this stuff up because this stuff is really, really real. This stuff is actually happening. And so I don't want to come at this from an angle. Of, just pretend like just pretend like it's fine. Just pretend like the world's okay. Let's let's set aside the world for a day and, and just just pretend like, you know, Turkey is the answer to it all. If you're like me, I don't even like Thanksgiving food. I don't know. Am I in the minority here? Like, I, a lot of people are, are like pro Thanksgiving food. I am of the opinion that if Thanksgiving food was so good, we'd eat it in March. Like, Thanksgiving is just a collection of gross foods that we do on one day to pay penance or whatever. And like, if it was that good, it would just be called pizza. It's not, it's not good, y'all. So I don't even get that solace. And I don't eat sweets, so I like all the cake and stuff. I don't even, I don't eat them. Everybody feel down enough yet? Thanks. Thanks. Glad I came to church this morning. Glad you're in charge instead of Pastor Gary, who's uplifting. <laughs> but I want to I want to bring all that up because it, because I, I feel like we can do a disservice to thankfulness if we don't acknowledge that the world's not great. Life's not great. It's not easy. It's not perfect. It's rough. It's hard. But even in prison. Even chained down, not sure what tomorrow is going to look like, dark, damp, afraid. Our writer this morning, Paul, in Philippians chapter 4, if you want to go ahead and get your biblical devices queued up, he's imprisoned when he writes this letter. He's imprisoned in Rome. And he's encouraging the believers at Philippi to put their faith into practice and the God of peace will be with them. We can put our faith into practice and the God of peace will be with us. How do we put our faith into practice? Let's check it out. Philippians 4, 4 through 9 is where we're going. 
Everybody there? Siri, Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness, we'll get back to that word in a second. Let your reasonableness, reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. God bless the reading of his word. Amen. So Paul is going to give us four exercises to put our faith into practice. And the first one is rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. This one, I'm, I'm, I'm not the, the brightest, uh, but this one is easy for me to, to get the points out because it just says it. I always like it when the Bible just says what the point, what the thing is. So this exercise is right up front. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. I, so, so Pastor Gary has talked to us about if the Bible ever says something and it says it again, that's a, a focus point. Make sure to pay attention to that. Think if it says it once and it says it twice, it's, it's doubly important. This one is extra, extra more doubly better. This one is even more than that. Because it says rejoice, and then it says it again, rejoice. But it says in the middle, it like calls out that it's about to call out the second one. I love that. Rejoice. I will say again, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. In, the, in, the, in southern, southernism, it'd be like, like w- one more time, right? Rejoice. Say it again, one more time. Rejoice. So this one, it seems super important. I want to jump down a little bit to uh, verse 9. Notice right at the very end, practice these things. I want to kind of call that out for a second. We'll get, we'll get back down to that in a second, but I want to jump down to the bottom because it, at the very end, it kind of gives us this idea of these, these exercises that we can do, put into practice. So this rejoice in the Lord is an, is an exercise that we can do, which is, it makes it a, a conscious thing. It makes it a, a it, it's, it's, not, it's not so much just muscle memory. If you've got it down to muscle memory, even, even more better. But it, it's saying, be active, be active, practice this idea of rejoicing in the Lord. Say it again, rejoice, right? So as you, as you go through life, it's not necessarily, it's, it's all right uh, if it's hard for you to do. All of these things, what you'll notice is a lot of uh, exercises, um, people, people, like, the, we, have, we have an understanding of, of exercise, where like, if you want to get in shape, nobody just goes to the gym one time, hits some weights, and it's like, now I'm in shape. It doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Some of us have tried it that way. Doesn't work. Or, or uh, maybe, you know, um, I want to get healthy. Maybe I need to eat healthier. I'll eat, tomorrow I'll eat a good healthy meal, and then I'll, 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 be, I'll, have, I'll eat healthy. That's just the way it works, right? It's not really the way it works. It's a constant, a constant, a constant thing. It's a constant exercise to make these choices. The same thing is true here, where it's saying, practice these things. Rejoice in the Lord always. Say it again, rejoice. 
it's a constant renewal. You've got to do, got to do it over and over and over. And you've got to be conscious about it. And sometimes you've got to do it even when you don't want to, just like the rest of exercise. Psalm 33, rejoice in the Lord, you righteous one. Praise is becoming an appropriate for those who are upright. Praise is becoming an appropriate for those who are upright. I like the, the upright part there for me because it means like who are doing all right, but it also for me it just means standing. If you're still standing, praise is becoming inappropriate. If you're still one foot in front of the other, praise is becoming inappropriate. Just keep going. Keep going in praise. And it's not, and this is a, the, an important part, it's not dependent on the situation. Praise is not dependent on the situation. It's super easy to praise. It's super easy to give thanksgiving when you just got a new PlayStation or whatever. Or, you know, life is good. Uh, like all the kids are, are healthy and totally well behaved that one time that they were ever those two things at the same time. <laughs> I, got out, I got out pretty lucky because I only have one daughter and then I have a goddaughter who who's who moved away now. So I only have one little dummy in my house running around. And uh, still, even still, sometimes I'm just like, man, how do people have multiples of these things? Whew. But it's easy when life is good. Habakkuk 3. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vine, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. He enables me to walk across rough ground. He makes my feet fleet, nimble like a deer, even when the fig tree doesn't produce. Any of y'all got a fig tree that's not producing? Olive plants that aren't producing? I don't have either of those things. I'm also bad at outside stuff so pretty much my whole yard is just a, a mess so i got i've got a bunch of weeds that produce really well for some reason maybe you are like me so this idea even when i've lost my job even when the kids are driving me nuts even when my car broke down i can't afford to get it fixed even when it's rainy and gross outside even when the weeds are popping up everywhere. I just got rid of them. Even when maybe I don't have enough food. Even when there's sickness in my family. Even when, even when, even when, even when the sovereign Lord is my strength. Especially when life is hard. The sovereign Lord is my strength. Because life is bigger than me. Life will beat me. I need something bigger. The sovereign Lord is my strength. There's nothing bigger than him. There's nothing bigger than him. So this idea, it's kind of the same idea. Uh, so I've been married for 20 years and to a wonderful woman who is sitting right over there and, and is not, not side-eyeing me right now going, was that just a joke for joke's sake? Or can you really not remember the ones, digit? So I've been married for 20 years. So I don't want to tell you exactly precisely just because I don't want to age myself, but we did get married when we were four, so it's, it's not, 
we're not quite as, as old as all that. But I say it to, to get some bona fides, some, get some, some credentials. Because like, as, as youthful and, 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 and whatever young as I look, we've been married a minute. We, we, we've gone through it, right? So it's the difference between any of you who've been married for a long time, you know this. Any of you who have recently gotten married, you will find this out. And any of you who are not yet married, still listen up because there, there's some wisdom here. Pastor Jonathan put this in here, and I think, it's, I think he's, a, he's a, a brilliant guy. I say that because they're recording this one, so he might see it. So he's totally a brilliant guy. And I think you'll find, if you've been married for a while... That there's a, a it, it's real easy at first. It's real easy, like when you're all like goo goo on each other and like like looking at each other like this and watching movies that you know you don't really necessarily want to watch. But the other person is just so wonderful, it's sweet, it's, it's just worth it. And yeah, go out and have coffee and buying each other gifts and it's everything sweet. And you're both young and and beautiful and it's it's easy at that point. And then can I get a can I can I can somebody testify for me that there comes a point though. When you wake up and look across and the other person is like drooling, they're a mess, they leave toothpaste in the sink and that is totally a forgivable offense if that's what you do, just hypothetically speaking, your significant other should not hold that against you, just hypothetically. We're a mess. We're a mess. And there comes a point when you look across the other person, you're like, man, that person's a mess too. I thought only I was a mess. How in the world? But you hold on to each other. And those are all kind of silly versions of it, but there's also more serious versions of it where you fall out of love. The person's grown into a person that they didn't used to be. You weren't able to change them the way that you were hoping to be able to change them. Maybe they've done something to hurt you. Maybe there've been harsh words said back and forth. Maybe you're both just totally disconnected. You've forgotten each other. It's that moment when you have to lean on love. It's that moment when you have to choose it. And you have to choose them again, and you choose them again, and you choose them again, and you hold on to each other. And that's how you keep from drifting even farther apart. And eventually, you can start pulling back together. Same thing with God. It's easy to be thankful. It's easy to sing praise when all things are a birthday cake. But when it's rough, choose him, choose him, choose him again. Hold on. Because that's what real relationships are made of. That cement, that's a building worth building. The second exercise. Be known for the gentleness of God. Be known for the gentleness of God. So the word reasonableness is, is what was in the ESV. I'm preaching out of the ESV. You might have a different text, different translation, depending on what translation you're, you're working at. But the, 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 there's a, a translation that I actually like. Um, the AMP is the Amplified Bible. Basically what they do is they take any of those words that um, could go in a couple of different ways, and they just put them all in brackets. And so it would read, if you, if you have the AMP, um, which is a, a rare translation, but you might have it. Uh, Philippians 4, 5. Let your, gentleness, let, let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all people. The Lord is near. So this word reasonableness is what I have. You might have grace or, or, or graciousness or gentleness, I think, is a good word for it. 
Because if I say, if I say like, you know, somebody has a gentle soul, immediately somebody just popped into your mind. It was maybe a grandparent or it was probably, I'd be willing to bet, somebody a little older. It seems to me that gentleness of soul, gentleness of heart takes some, you got to get weathered a little bit in the world before you really, like there's a true gentleness there. And so that's what, be known for the gentleness of God. This is not be known for being nice. That's part of it. That's a good thing. Being nice is good. It's not being known for, for just accepting everybody regardless. That's part of it as well to some extent. But it's be known for the gentleness of God. Be known when people think about you, they go, there's something different about that person. This one kind of, this one I step on toes, I found that I step on toes a little bit. Because if you, if you say like, if, if, you, if I went to your work and asked people to describe you, would they say they, they have the gentleness, they have a gentleness of God? A lot of people here are just like, well, I just am who I am. I got some rough edges. What are you going to do? You just got to accept that you got to take the good with the bad, right? It's all the same. That's, I'm just, I mean, God made me this way, so this is how. Okay. God made me a lot of ways that you probably don't want me to be. But I hope that if you ask anybody in my life, whether it's at the gym or whether it's at work or whether it's here or whether it's at my home, whether it's with my extended family, my hope is that they would know me for a gentleness that's unnatural. Be known for the gentleness of God. For the Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. That idea is, is some people kind of think of it in terms of um, the, you know, God's coming back soon. That's a fine way to do it. A lot of people frame up their life of like, if you, you know, if, if Jesus came back right now, you know, would, would he be happy with what you're doing? That's a fine way to live, except that it, it excludes one very important part. The Lord's already here. He's already here. He's already right there with you. He already sees you every moment of your life. He's, our, he's always within arm's reach. So just if you don't, don't do this right now, but because you'll hit somebody in the eye, unless you, unless you want an excuse to hit somebody in the eye. I had a bunch of kids hit each other and then one grown kid right here in the front. <laughs> but the Lord is at hand. That's what it means. It means if you could reach out, you could take his hand. It means he's right here. Be known for the gentleness of God. For the Lord's at hand. Titus 3.2 To speak evil of no one. To avoid quarreling. To be gentle. To show perfect courtesy toward all people. Is that you? Does some of those kind of make you like, speak evil of no one. Avoid quarreling. That doesn't mean you can't have a different opinion than somebody else. But I would, I would, I would argue that the, the people that, that you know who you can have a differing opinion and there's like a handful of them. And so if you have a differing opinion of, and, and you just let any old body know it, and they're not really in that handful of people who care about what your opinion is, they're not going to listen to you, so, so stop. It's fine. That doesn't necessarily mean that everybody's truth is true. I think that's so stupid. Just from a logical point of view, not even a, a theological point of view, just from a philosophical point of view. There is true and then there is false and so your true is only true if it's true. 
my true is only true if it's true. There are factual things. So I, th that doesn't mean that I have to accept whatever that is, but it does mean that I need to be in a position to have that conversation with whoever that person is. I can't, if, if somebody has a flawed belief system, it's not my job to change their belief system. It's my job to show them God. It's my job to reflect God's gentleness into the world. God can change them. God can change their heart. I cannot. So it doesn't do me any good to be quarrelsome. Philippians 2. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your interest, but take an interest in others too, that you might have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Don't try to impress others. There's a thing that happens when someone else is impressive that it can make those who don't find themselves impressive, which is pretty much everybody, they, it can make them feel smaller, make them feel lower. Look how excellent I am at writing poetry or whatever. And then everybody that can't write poetry is like, oh man, I can't write poetry. And, like, and I can also play the guitar. And they're like, oh man, I can't play the guitar. And it's like, and I can also pogo stick. And they're like, I don't even own a pogo stick. And then like, the list goes on and on and on. This is one of the poisons, I think, of social media. If you're on social media, get off social media. <laughs> it's one of the poisons of social media is that it's this constant reminder of the things you're not. It's a constant reminder of the things you don't have. It's a constant reminder of the ways you fall short. That's the way our human brain takes all that stuff in. If I tell you nine awesome things about you and one negative thing about you, you will only remember the negative thing. It doesn't matter that I thought you were 90% awesome. What you'll take away is you're only 90% awesome. Yet you're flawed in some way. Don't try to impress others. Don't look out for your own interests. Think of others as better than yourself that you will love them like Christ loved them. Very famously, Jesus died for us. He left heaven. He came to walk on the dirt with me, little old dumb me. He gave everything up. He gave his glory up. Put a scratchety old robe on. Walked around, got some calloused old feet. Crawled up on a cross. Died. That's how the creator of the universe the Savior of all people. That's how he was willing, that's what he was willing to do for me, little old dumb me. And you, very, very smart you. Exercise three. Pray for everything with thanksgiving. Pray for everything with thanksgiving. This one, this one's a little tricky 
It says, uh, it, it has in, in it, uh, the verse has in it, do not be anxious. I know that one is, that's one that gets a lot of people. Do not be anxious. People read that, whoa, that's disorienting for me in my head because I can hear this echo and then suddenly it went away and it sounded like the whole world just went silent. It was strange. <laughs> a lot of people have this, this, this weird, um, this weird idea of, of don't, don't be anxious to, to like, it kind of gets, but it, it feels like it's being prescribed as, don't do that. Well, dude, if I could not be anxious, I wouldn't be anxious. Like, it's not like a thing that you can actively not do. Like, it, it just, it happens. Like, sometimes, sometimes it's like a sneaky ninja assassin. It just, like, sneaks up on you. You don't even notice that you're anxious. And then all of a sudden, like, you're just like, what is that sound? Oh, that's me. I'm vibrating. I'm like, if it, if it could just not be anxious, then yeah, yeah, dude, I wouldn't be anxious. So, so what, do we, what do we take of that then? Pray for everything with thanksgiving. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Do not be anxious in any one thing, in everything, pray with thanksgiving. So what that looks like, and this is, this is I think, where people can get frustrated um, by the way, anxious here is just one of the, a laundry list of, of words that we could, we could substitute in there. Depressed, whatever it is you're dealing with, the thing that you carry all the time, it's, it's just a, it's a thing that people just carry with them all the time. But it made me, maybe I don't really deal with anxiety too much just because I'm too dumb to realize that the world's a scary place. So I have other things that I deal with. So whatever it is with you, it might be addiction, it might be uh, PTSD, it might be childhood trauma, some kind of abuse trauma that you carry with you, it might be some kind of uh, relationship trauma that you, you're still scarred from. Whatever it is, whatever that thing that always gets you, of course I'd get rid of it if I could. I cannot. That's the problem. And, and so a lot of times, and it's, it's good counsel, but it's only like 75% of the way there counsel of pray, pray about it. Just pray, pray through whatever the thing you're going, pray about it. And there's this idea of, I've prayed about it. I've prayed about it. I've prayed a thousand times about it. I'm still fighting it. I pray my whole life. I played every single day, every time I wake up, I pray about it. So I want to shift our perspective a little bit to shift away from saying the prayer and going through it prayerfully. There's a little nuance of difference there. That the idea behind it is not pray to make the storm go away. It's pray, God, give me strength to get through this storm again. It's not pray that the symptom could be numbed, could be fixed. Pray, God, Show me where this is coming from and let me give it to you. You know, in the last six years, antidepressant medicine, anti-anxiety medicine has gone up 35%. The use of medication to deal with anxiety, anxiety, depression, 35% from six years ago. Do y'all know how heavily medicated we already were six years ago? And now it's even higher. We're so desperately trying to numb the awful parts. Instead, walk through them prayerfully. 
I'm not against medication, by the way. If you happen to, to have some kind of medication that you need, God gave us very smart people to, to create medicine for us. So I'm not, I'm not hating on medicine. But it is our default to just try to get rid of the symptom. God, take this anxiety from me. He's not going to do that. If he would, he would, he would have done it already. It's, it's, it's going to be something, it's part of your walk for whatever reason. So instead, God, help me walk through this again today. God, show me what it is you got to show me to get me through this. God, put the person that's dealing with this that doesn't have you in my place, in my path, so that I will know how to speak you into their life too. 1 Thessalonians 5, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for it is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Colossians 4, 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. That's this idea of pray in thanksgiving even when you're strapped to the floor in a dungeon in a dark, scary jail cell in Rome. Especially when you're chained to the wall and you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Especially in that dark place. Pray in thanksgiving without ceasing. Whatever it is. Ephesians 5.20 Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Always prayer. Always prayer. Go through life prayerfully. Don't pray. It's a slight difference. But maybe it'll change that thing that you've been frustrated that that symptom that hadn't gone away. It's not supposed to go away yet. And when it's time for it to go away, it will. But in the meantime, when the world's dark and there's only that little tiny dungeon window above your head letting any sunlight in, that's when pray, pray. Well, how do we, how do we pray in that dark time? Exercise four. Think about anything worthy of praise. The end of this thing, the, the commentary that we were studying, they called it the explosion of superlatives. <laughs> The explosion of superlatives. You'll see it when it happens. You'll, you'll feel the shift. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So this thing is, um, this thing is uh, kind of like, it's, it's not an all-inclusive list. It's just that thing that you do with your kid. I don't know if you, if, if any of you have kids or maybe your kids are out of the house now. You can go into the Wayback Machine and remember. There was a thing that we never really did at my house. He only did it really one time because we grew up in old, uh oh, uh oh, oh. Microphone person just did this. It's so probably not good. There was a thing. We grew up in a, a super old farmhouse. So there was always work to be done on it. It was always falling apart. Bits of it were falling off or whatever, and we had to put them back on. And we, we, we were able to, we bought it because there was like a big tree growing through it, which is not generally the state of a house that you want to buy. Trees are supposed to be outside or in pots. So 
there was always something broken. So anytime we would say, I'm bored. You ever hear your kids say that? I'm bored. In my house, we would do that one time because like the first time you did it, it was like, oh, great, because I have this big pile of bricks that I need stacked up by the shed, so make sure to stack them nice, and then come back and let me know when you're done with that, and I got some other stuff for you to do, too. And so my daughter, she got to hear this story anecdotally. I never really hit her with both barrels, but it'd be the equivalent of my daughter saying, like, I'm bored, and me saying, like, we'll do something, and she's like, I don't know what to do, and then just like, I don't, play, play the Switch, play the PlayStation, watch TV, go do jumping jacks, go get your pogo stick. She's like, I don't have a pogo stick, or whatever, and, or, or whatever it is, and then I just keep going, like, or, or mop the floor, do the dishes, whatever. So that's that's kind of what this, this explosion of superlatives is. It's not an all-inclusive list. It's just like there are a billion things that you could be doing right now. So this is that same thing. There are a billion things that are incredible. Y'all, we live in a world with pineapple. Pineapple is awesome. And if you don't like pineapple, it's okay. Just take one step farther down the produce aisle. There's a different fruit that's awesome. Chocolate. And if you can't have chocolate, that's okay. Take one step farther down and eat something else that's awesome that won't make your blood pressure, make your head explode. We live in a world that's incredible. My daughter's healthy. Y'all, what a blessing. What an incredible blessing. I'm so grateful. When she's sick, I'm still grateful. We have an extra, extra, extra layer to this, though. If you're, if you're a follower of Christ, if you're a believer, we have an extra layer of this. Because we know that this is not the end of it. We are in this world, but not of this world. So even if you can't think of a single thing that is good, God is good. Heaven waits on the other side. There will be no sickness. There will be no distress. There will be no despair. Every single thing that is bad in my life is fleeting. It's super quick. Kylie, my daughter, she man, she uh, she she's getting she's she's back there in the back somewhere. She's she's getting she's getting the full brunt of the day. I'm making fun of her a lot. <laughs> um, she has this incredible thing. She doesn't do it as, as much anymore, but when she was a little kid, she did it. And, and I thought it was always awesome where she had this incredible way to bend time in a way that made no sense whatsoever. But she would do like, so like, let's say like, you know, next Tuesday was her birthday or whatever. And it's like Wednesday. And she'd be like, I'm so excited for my birthday. It's only a day away. Well, no, hang on. It's not, it's not till next week. Yeah, 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 but it's just a day. Nope, that's not how time works. And, she, and, and then she would go, no, no, no. Because today, we're already in today. So today doesn't count. And then tomorrow is Thursday, which is almost Friday, so that doesn't count. Friday is easy because it's almost the weekend, so that doesn't count. Saturday and Sunday, I have Banana and Papa's, so that's easy, so that doesn't count. And then Monday, I, I don't really wake up until lunch anyway, so, that, so it's just one day. <laughs> I can't, I see the logic somehow, weirdly, which maybe is a testament to me being messed up too, but I go like, I'm going to start using this. Oh, yeah, it's Christmas. It's tomorrow, y'all. <laughs> so we have that ability to go, yeah, today's rough, but Christmas is coming. It's just tomorrow. Let me just get through today. 
forever Christmas tomorrow. It's a good way to live. Colossians 3, set your minds on things that are above, not the things on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. All those rough things, all those bad things, all the things that are heavy, all the things that are exhausting, all of those things disappear in an instant. An eternity with God. This is how we can live with thanksgiving. Real, actual thanksgiving. Not putting blinders on to the fact that the world's a mess. Not putting blinders on to the fact that our family's a mess. Not putting blinders on to the fact that we're dealing with health events. Some of us, long-term health events. Some of us, short-term, really intense health events. Not putting blinders on to all of the rain that's falling. But knowing in all of that, God's still there. He's an arm's reach away. He's there for you right now. If you want Him, He's there. He's there anyway. So we can live with thanksgiving by practicing every day, rejoicing in God, for He's near. Be known for the gentleness of God. He's near. Live prayerfully in God. He's near. Think of all the goodness around you. And if you can't find anything, know that God is good and He's near. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank You for today. Thank You for this place to keep the rain off of us as we worship You, hear Your message. But Father God, help us be a people that would be sitting in this spot if the rain came through the roof. Help us to be worshipers of You, especially when it's raining, especially when it's cold, especially when it's dark, because that's when we need You the most. If You're here, and you don't know that peace that just on the other side of the door is goodness. There is no despair. If that's a promise you want, incredible news, it's there. It's available to you. The price has already been paid. All you have to do is unwrap the gift. Do that say in a prayer. Something like this. Doesn't have to be these words. There's no magic in these words. There is salvation in the Word. Father God, I'm a sinner. I'm imperfect. I've done terrible things. I've doubted You. But I don't want to be that person anymore. I don't want to be the scared person anymore. I know You're there. I know You sacrificed Your Son for me. Jesus, I know You walked this earth alongside me and lived perfectly 
and accepted a death that you didn't deserve. And you were willing to trade me your perfection for my imperfection. I accept that gift. I accept your sacrifice, Jesus. Let me follow you. Those few words will change your life. Maybe you've been a follower of Christ for a while. Maybe living a life of thanksgiving recently has gotten harder for you. Live prayerfully. Father God, I know I'm running from you. I know I'm still dealing with whatever that hang-up is that I'm ashamed of. I know you still see it every time. I'm so sorry. Let me give it back to you. Father God, I've gotten complacent. Father God, I've gotten distant from you. Father God, I'm mad at you. Whatever it is. Father God, continue to walk with us. We know that you are only a, an arm's reach away. We know that you are near. We know that you've got us in the palm of your hand. Help us to get closer to you as we grow distant from you. And help us to relish in you, to live in thanksgiving with you, even with and especially when the world is a dark and scary place. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for this incredible opportunity. Thank you for the incredible worship that's allowed to go on in this place. But help us to take the worship out of these walls. Help us to take the worship out of this place and into the world that really needs to see what genuine worship looks like. Help us to live for you, to be known for your gentleness. Help us to live in thanksgiving every day. Help us to be prayerful as we go through storms. And help us to actively seek you out because of all the good things. You are the best. We love you very much. Amen.